Hey, it's Jeremy here, episode 008 of Internet Whatnots, formerly known as Dude It's a Podcast. Just a quick housekeeping thing I wanted to throw in before the episode. Uh, today we're talking about biohacking with 18-year-old Connor, who is a really, really intelligent, really intelligent guy. I had a lot of fun talking about biohacking with him, very knowledgeable on the subject. And the, the only thing is I I don't I haven't normally done these like interviews and so um on both of our ends the audio there's just like a lot of background noise and that kind of thing and so I was I was really upset because uh I think it's a really great episode but I know there's a lot of audio snobs out there and if you don't want to listen to the entire thing I totally understand uh I, I just ask that you just tune in just for like one or two minutes because uh like I said Connor's really knowledgeable on this stuff and it was a lot of fun so that is all I have thanks for listening and here's the episode What is up, boys and girls of the internet? Dude, it's Jeremy here. Uh, we're going to be talking about biohacking, a lot of uh, very cool stuff today, and I've got a guest, which I'm super excited about. So Connor is here to join me. Uh, Connor's got a lot more knowledge than I do about biohacking. Uh, we found each other through the biohacking subreddit. Um, so Connor, I want to, I want to get, I want to get right into it because, like I said, we were talking. I'm really interested to find out more about you. But um, what, what initially got you? into biohacking um well this is going to be kind of silly but really what got me into like the biohacking area started out with a video game and it's okay. goes by deus ex a lot of listeners might know of it just because it's more mainstream yeah yeah um but then i kind of went more into like the depths of it and biohacking kind of came up in this realm and i got really interested in it yeah yeah i think deus ex is is a is a cool series that shows a lot of like well, first of all, it's a lot of thought-provoking stuff, but it, it, you know, it, obviously, it takes place like way into the future. But I was really surprised once I started getting on the, the biohacking subreddit and reading more about biohacking at how much is available now. Oh yeah, you'd be extremely surprised how much is actually available out there that so many people take for granted. They're like, oh, it's in the future, it's in sci-fi movies, or in actuality, we've developed it already maybe five years ago, and now there's even more advanced versions than people realize. Right. It's pretty incredible stuff. Um, now, when we spoke, you mentioned that you haven't done any modifications or anything yet, but you're planning on, on doing some stuff in the future. Is that right? Yeah, I plan on doing more. I plan on personally doing body modifications in terms of biohacking later on because a lot of the systems developed in implantation isn't developed enough to my comfortability. A lot of people do have them because they're comfortable and they want to experience technology and they feel like it's not too invasive. Me personally, I don't think enough data stream is there in the actual, a lot of the implants to be usable. Um, for, for example, uh, if there's any other biohackers, they know about a website called Dangerous Things and they make things that are RFID chips. And basically these are little keys, electronic keys, that you would have implanted in your hand. And what they do is you can use them to pay for things. You can theoretically you can use them to pay for things. They're not as secure as your credit card would be. Right. But that you can use them to unlock doors, activate different chips, and then you can plug them into any not literally plug, but use their same algorithms in any key set you want to create. So they're pretty innovative in that okay. sense. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm glad you got into that because that's what I'm most. Uh, curious about is like the the actual like invasive stuff like that with the chips. Another one that I see a lot is like um, for ma like magnets implanting magnets. Um, 
Kind of yeah, the map. Which I, I don't know. Do you know a lot about that? Because I'm not yeah. entirely sure. I'm pretty well versed in a lot of things. So if you have any questions, I'm free to answer anything question you have. And a lot of people aren't versed in this, so it really doesn't bother me. But with the magnets, I don't like them personally. And I think they are an interesting concept on paper. In practice, though, they're not very good, I've noticed. Because there's two main issues when it comes to the magnets. It's either there's a very high risk of infection when you get them implanted because magnetic material doesn't react to the body in a positive manner. And a lot of companies don't coat their magnets in biocompatible material because it's just being used, oh, I can use any kind of magnet when it doesn't really work that way. Another reason right. is you can very easily, through the, the way it has to be done, lose the feeling in your hands, where you could gain the feeling of basically magnetism. You become a compass, in a sense, where you can literally put out your hand and tell which way is magnetic north. But um, you could also, through the surgery or through infection, you could lose the sense of touch in your hand. So that's why I don't personally agree with it, but I do think it's an interesting thing in general. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely an interesting concept. Now, with the magnet, okay, so no, you just explained like using it as a compass, but other than that, like, what are the benefits to, to doing like the magnets? Because I feel like I, I see a lot of that of people like asking questions about doing magnets, and I, I just didn't understand like the, the main benefits to that, I guess. Right. Well, there's not really many benefits except for a supposed sixth sense, which is that ferromagnetism you would get personally. Okay. And it's a lot of it's just the, this seems really cool, we should try it out. And that's what happens a lot with the implant tags, the RFIDs I was talking about, is they started out yeah. that way, but then developed really into something more. We're actually a company, I don't remember exactly who they are, but they actually have employees where they can get those implants for free and use them as keys to their office rather than an actual key card. No way. Okay. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And the... Uh, but the magnets, on the other hand, are completely a personal choice yeah, people have. Yeah. And the only, I guess you could say, benefit is you can pick up a paper clip with using one finger. Okay. So for just for like some party tricks and whatnot, you can... Yeah, it's more party tricks than your own personal feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, okay, so those are, those are some of the more invasive ones. Now, if anyone's trying to get into biohacking, what are some of the... Like, are there any other non-invasive or just like simple biohacks that you're interested in uh, that you plan on implementing or anything um well there's that's a little complicated question but I, it is a good one there's two groups i like to determine when it comes to the biohacking community there's the invasive group and then there's the what i call the mixers and those are basically people who use supplements like the drugs that they've developed okay. that are supposed to enhance brain function or they drink stuff like um, bulletproof coffee which is said to increase brain function and wake you up quicker because that's so much caffeine and those are the kind of two areas and I don't see the mixers as I personally call them and I don't mean that as a bad word it's just a concept I've come up because there's no documented case of the separation between the two groups right and um she went back to her I don't personally go with that stuff. Even the drugs in general, it's a very, very, very risky because you can easily get a drug from a source that isn't what it says it is because a lot of these drugs aren't FDA approved. And the ones that are are pretty much like taking a multivitamin, where that you can get down at the drugstore right. for five dollars for a whole bottle. So one of the one of the ones that I see a lot of is lithium, 
uh, like for brain function. And so I looked into it and it seems, I don't know, it just seems, I guess, kind of like you said, like there's just not enough, not a whole lot of data to, to say like, yes, you know, lithium is whatever, like use lithium. It, it, there's a lot of benefit. There's not a lot of risk and that kind of thing. It, it, I don't know that that's just one of the ones I see a lot of. Yeah. A lot of anyone who tries to attempt to do research on it usually comes down to them saying it's a placebo effect of you saying, Oh, I heard this does really great things. So since you believe it's that way, then it appears to work like it's doing better when it's your own body enacting right. those symptoms. Now, beyond like the world of supplements and, and everything that that entails, uh, one of the things I, I mentioned in my message I see a lot of is like the happy lamps uh, or, you know, like people, uh, light therapy uh, seems to have become really popular and, and like almost mainstream. I, and I say mainstream because I see people posting it on like Facebook, which to me, if it's reached Facebook, then it's pretty much it's mainstream and it's everyone's using it. Right. Those realms are... That kind of fits in between both, so I don't really categorize it, but that one's actually very interesting because it has interesting effects and it actually goes into, uh, there's two things that goes into, and it's the light therapy, which has been shown to have some results that are actually real and can heal people and doctors have actually documented cases where it does actually help some people. Whether that's a skin reaction due to a positive version of, say, um, eczema is a bad thing, whereas this could be a positive version of the same disease kind of thing. But there's also the part called binaural beats, and I have tried those because I find them interesting. And a lot of that goes into the more the meditation kind of area, but it's also concentration into using the brain's biochemicals to... Basically, you're creating your own drugs within your body by listening to them because audio frequencies react differently with humans. Okay. Kind of like so. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Kind of like where if I were to whistle at a really high frequency, a dog would really perk up and be like, "Oh, I hear that." Where a lot of humans are just like, "Well, it's really not whistling. I don't really understand what's different." Right. Okay, so now I'm really interested in these in, in binary beats. Where, where are you finding these? A lot of them can be found on YouTube. Um, I will warn, there are some that I've found that I was like, oh, I guess that exists, that are not safe for work, I would say. They're not, okay. and they're not bad in a sense that they say anything bad. It's just the titles and their intentions. You're like, all right, well, I, I would imagine that's in the realm of... Are you it being a thing versus just creating chemicals within the body for health reasons. Right. Okay. So, and you said that you, you've you've tried this out. You're trying out the binary beats. Can you actually can, like? Is there a result? I mean, can you feel like? Can you feel a difference? Or, there, and this may come down to just thinking it and then becoming it. The only real yeah. result I've ever had with it was during the binaural beats. You do feel a sense of something, but you can't really place it. And, right. But right after it's done and you start moving and looking at the world, it goes away faster than you can snap your fingers. Yeah, and that's kind of like the impression that I get is that it would make sense to me that there's an effect there. But it's just at a small level. I, I think the problem is a lot of people want like, uh, you know, like you take an energy drink, like obviously you're going to feel caffeine, but I don't, the, you know, the same rules don't apply 
you know, to something like this, like using binary beats, but it would make sense that like the the, the results are there. Right. Maybe they're, they're just they're just at a smaller level. Right. They're more of how you're feeling at the time, and I do think something like that would help with something, say, anxiety that a lot of people, especially in these more newer generations, seem to have a lot more anxiety and those kind of things, it really would help because it goes into kind of the meditation kind of realm, I would say. Right. So right. those are positive terms where in those moments it would very much help. But in a long-term aspect, I would say it's not beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's one that I guess, I think I probably just skipped over, you know what I mean? Like the binary beats. But that's that's pretty interesting. Um so are there any other are there any other biohacks or anything that I I know we went really quick um, is there any other like things that you're really interesting interested in right now as far as biohacking interested in for myself personally no I'm just kind of looking at the RFIDs and the NFCs and all those things but there are some that I've looked at that are very cool to look at or just interesting notice and one of them is actually a this guy wanted to have he could see at, at night so he basically has night vision and he gets his procedure done and his entire eyes like turn black but then it's because his, his iris his pupil is expanding so large that he is extremely sensitive to light giving him almost night vision like effects Oh my god. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. And you can't see from his point of view, but from what he describes, it's more light sensitivity and giving that kind of feel of being right. able to see in the dark. And wow. So th- it goes kind of to, and I don't know if you know about this, but in very old, like, I want to say 17th century pirates, the reason that they actually would have um, eye patches wasn't because all the time they lost an eye, it was because one eye would be covered. And then the other wouldn't, so that when they go below deck in the dark ship, they would move the eye patch so that the other eye was already adjusted to the darkness, giving them more light sensitivity in that eye. So that's kind of... Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And in a way, you could, I guess, call that a very old biohack, because it is tricking the final system to create something you would normally do. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, too. So, obviously, like... There's a lot of studies being shared, and a lot of people are a lot more aware of like blue light and the negative effect it can have on your eyes and that kind of thing. I think it's in, it'll be interesting like years from now to see kind of where that develops. Like if if people are having better vision at night um, that have been in the long run reducing their blue light, you know the amount of blue light that they they intake, I guess during the day and everything. Um, and then. There are other biohacks too, and these go more into what I call augmentations, and they're less biohacks. This goes more into the transhumanist kind of culture that surrounds biohacking kind of community, but they're, I would say, the more extreme version of it, and a lot of them do come up with some amazing concepts or things. It's just they go very extreme with it, and a lot of them have been compared to fanatics, and not like uh, in a horribly bad way, but a lot of churches and religions are very against them because they feel like it's against their religion or something to do it because they don't right, believe it should right. change the human body. And one thing I was actually talking about, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday, was actually to another person on Reddit 
who was talking about if there's any extreme augmentations he can do to his body. And I was talking about how two routes that would be probably the most extreme, but also the most current and helpful, would be either people can have their limbs voluntarily amputated and replaced with experimental prosthetics. Okay. And that's this is where we get into the more of the extreme things, and that's why I say that because of what you just heard of why would somebody get rid of a pretty <laughs> right. good arm or a leg or whatever right. it is. And it's because they believe that an experimental limb may go beyond the human capability. But then I was also talking about how there's actually currently a heart that is artificial that you can have that theoretically he could have his heart replaced with this almost synthetic one basically. And he uh-huh. could then donate his actual heart to someone who needs a transplant. And that would actually is a positive side of it because then he gets to change his own body and then also helps another person. One right. kind of comedic side effect to it is this guy, based on if he were to change his heart, wouldn't have a pulse because of the way the device works. So he would actually okay. have to wear a medical ID bracelet or necklace or something at all times to tell people oh, I don't have a pulse because of this reason. I'm not dead. Please help me. Which is a scary right. side, but also slightly comedic of, oh, I don't have a pulse anymore, and I'm still walking around right. living, talking, walking. Right. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. Are there any other like extreme augmentations you're seeing or that you're reading about? Um, another only other extreme one I'm seeing people starting to talk about are bone replacement and this goes a lot into science fiction where Uh people have their bones coated or replaced with metal or carbon and the science is there and the theoretical practices have been done over and over again and saying it's completely possible especially with today's technology it's just the reasonability of why would you do that and right right where on in actuality, Earth applications are quite limited. Let's say, go to a place like Mars, which we're heading to, I would say, in the next 10 years with Elon Musk and his company, or with even NASA with their space program. And someone who says develops on Mars would have, I think it's it's either two-thirds or one-third the muscle and bone density as a human on Earth because the atmospheric pressure is that much less than Earth. So someone having those implants done to their bones and gaining all that weight and structure to their body would then be able to transfer from planet to planet if they were, say, born on Mars. Right. But those are very different circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, like, the science is there. But, yeah, I guess there's just a lot of other things that would have to develop. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And that kind of gets into ethics. And I know you were talking to me kind of in a similar region um, about ethics kind of with children. And funny enough, some parents, and I've only read about this, I've never actually seen a documented case. So I wouldn't quote me directly on this. But some parents do put tags in their children to keep them safe and to track them kind of like dogs in a way yeah oh that sounds i i I, i'm sure that that's a thing i yeah and most people would be like well why don't you just put it in their backpack well these parents would say oh it's not as safe but then you have to think about it later of two things of what happens when they get older and they don't want it anymore right they never got to have that choice of whether they did or didn't want it 
And also the second thing yeah. is as we get to more a computer-based world, those kind of things can create a danger for them of, say, somebody taps into their neural signal and says, oh, I'm a bad person looking to attack people. These are the people who have these implants. I want to go after them. And that's the very negative side of that. Right. So, and that, that's kind of going to lead me into to the next thing I wanted to talk about. So, you, you're 18. You're the youngest person I've talked to that's interested in biohacking, um, which I think is, is, is really cool because you said you've been reaching it, researching for a few years, right? Yeah, I actually started out, I want to say my sophomore year of high school when I was really young and I didn't understand a lot of the actual science behind it. And I actually started uh, doing research and everything. And I actually ended up doing a five-page paper on transhumanist itself, transhumanism itself. And I got a lot of information from that, and it actually helped me. It actually does help me talk to you about these things from that perspective as well. And I really, that's when I really got into the community and was really like, I want to know more about this stuff, and I'm kind of interested. Which, and I think you kind of answered my question earlier. I, I wrote in our, our uh, messages, you know, if you felt like you've been held back from doing modifications, but you said that it's not necessarily that. It, it's not because of your age or anything like that, but simply because of the, just the comfortability level. Right, and like, I'm also a person who's going to get tattoos in the future, but I also like uh -huh. to plan out those things too, rather than being yeah, yeah. a teenager that, say, gets a triangle on them and is like, oh, why'd you get that? Well, I was young and I wanted a tattoo. <laughs> what does it mean? It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, I guess the stakes are a little higher too if you're like, oh, I'm going to implant this magnet in me. Well, why? Uh, I don't know, because it sounds cool. Yeah, and those are also a lot more painful too, the implants, because... The only way to get them is either through a piercer, like a legal piercer, who isn't allowed to use any anesthetic on you whatsoever. So you have to feel okay. the entire procedure the entire time. And trust me, if you ever watch a video on it, don't eat lunch because you're gonna you're gonna be like that looks super painful. Yeah. And um, or the other way to do it is say you have a friend and they may not be experienced and they can give you lidocaine in the area. But then you run the risk of infection or them not knowing how to do the procedure correctly and you getting horribly sick or losing something you didn't want to lose. Yeah, and that's what's kind of was interesting to me, like researching just from the, uh, the biohacking subreddit was, uh, you know, a lot of people were asking questions about like needles, what needles to use and that kind of thing. And to me, that was just like, that would scare me away in, in, instantly. You know, I mean, when you get to a point where you're doing these procedures on yourself, that, that just seems way too risky. Right. The procedures on yourself, I personally don't think are good because there can be many slip-ups. And especially with people who are very untrained with any surgical equipment whatsoever. Because there are a lot of biohackers that do know this stuff because they do research into these things. And then there's the ones that just hear about it and then like the teenagers who just get those triangle tattoos, would just go, I'm going to do this myself and end up injuring themselves because many procedures are a two-hand operation and you only have the opportunity of using one hand. Right. Yeah. It's pretty, man, this will be really interesting to see where, where, where biohacking is five years from now. But um, the thing that, going back to what we were talking about when it comes to age, um, and, and with this too, this will be interesting to see in a few years from now, you know, at what, po at what point uh, age is going to be the discussion point? You know what I mean? When biohacking is a little bit 
more of a normal conversation, then at what point does age enter that conversation? And, you know, like I said in our messages, like young kids have been getting piercings for decades. You know what I mean? Their parents will take them to get a piercing and it's not, does it seem to be that big of a deal to a lot of people? So at what point, um, you know, are body modifications related to biohacking going to be an option for teens or, or children's, you know, or, you know, children uh, at their parents' request? Right. And I think that comes down a lot to parents' responsibility and kind of societal norms because whereas you said we see like very small, like small children getting ear piercings and stuff or teenagers getting piercings on their, anywhere on their face or their body or anywhere but we don't send but parents won't send their children to go get a tattoo whereas that yeah. they feel like that's crossing a, some invisible line that they believe exists and it may actually exist and I in some cases do agree with it in some cases I don't just depending on what the parent says and the reasoning for it but it really is that where will biohacking implants lie when we go into that should children have them should they not have them but then we're already kind of crossing that line like I said of the parents putting the trackers in their children so we're kind of seeing right now is they're more towards children getting the implants more for parental vigilance rather than for parental pleasing the kids yeah and this this is where i I mentioned the (laughs) that's like the simplified version of uh archangel which is an episode of black mirror and uh if you haven't seen it i I highly recommend checking it out it's a very interesting um i guess discussion point of an episode but the the basic uh synopsis is that a mother has an implant uh put into her child at birth that allows her to censor her vision from violence and things like that as she gets older. Um, and so it, it's the, it, the story itself is very interesting, but I think it's also just uh, really incredible to think about because um, I think that'll be a, a conversation we'll be having, you know what I mean, years, years from now. I think that'll be a very real thing. Yeah, and censorship is another thing that really goes into a lot of these cases too, where we've seen repeals of the... Sorry, I've lost the lettering in my head, but basically they had the repeal of net neutrality, and that kind of might bleed over into the idea of censorship, where we've seen a lot of parent groups go against certain ideals just because they don't think it's right, where in other regards, it may be a positive thing for them. Right, right. Well, um, I think that was all I had. Uh, Connor, I want to thank you very much uh, for being on the show. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested in all of this biohacking stuff, so uh, I'd love to get someone's perspective that's, that's been researching it for a few years. Uh, thank you for having me as well. And it's great to actually get to talk about this. And so that's the episode. And if you're here right now, thank you very much for listening. Like I said, I, ah, man, it bugs me so much that the audio, that we have so much background noise because, uh, I think this was a really great conversation. I think we dove into a lot of really great stuff. And, uh, Connor, I thank you again for, uh, for t- chatting with me. Anyways, uh, internet whatnots. That is the new name. Dude's podcast is no more. Uh, you can follow me at dude. It's Jeremy on. Really, anything. Uh, we've got some Bitly links. You can find those uh, on on Twitter and uh, for the website and everything like that. The Dude Hub. Thanks for listening, boys and girls of the internet. We'll see you in the next one.